We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Um, so this week we're starting reading the book of Acts. And um, if you look at the bookmark, you'll notice uh, we're going through the whole book of Acts through the month of May. That means usually we have readings from Monday to Friday. This week we're going on the weekends as well. What? Yeah, but that, that, so we can get through that, um, that book through the month of May. Uh, and um, that'll be great if you can read along with us. So the season we're, we're now in sort of is between Easter and uh, Pentecost, what they call Pentecost. And historically from a Bible perspective there was Easter and then 50 days later was the day of Pentecost. That's what Pentecost means, the sort of 50 days that it was a certain feast. So in, as far as a Bible perspective goes, it's from the end of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, to the start of the book of Acts. We're in between those two periods, if you're looking at it that way. And I'm going to read something from Acts chapter 1 to start with. Um, Acts chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles open, we're going to read just the first five verses. And it says this, in my, in my first book, I told you, Theopolis, what a great name. Tell your parents, Theopolis, Theo. I told you, Theopolis, everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways he was actually alive. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. Well, that's interesting because that's all he ever talked about, wasn't it? Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised as i told you before john baptized you with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the holy spirit so jesus rose from the dead and he spent time with the disciples he gave them a a few jobs to do there's something called the great commission some of you might have would have might have heard of go into the world and preach the gospel make disciples teach them to do what i've been teaching you to do that wasn't an addition to the Great Commission, is teach them to do. That's part of it. That's part of the gospel. And during this time, um, Jesus appeared to many people. Have we, uh, how's this mic going? All right? Okay. And in one part it says he, it appeared to 500 people. And he ate and drank with them. So Jesus wasn't just a spirit when he rose from the dead. He had a body. Um, and it's the same body that we're promised actually in the resurrection Uh, he told them to wait in Jerusalem until they receive power from the Holy Spirit and that's what happened on the day of Pentecost and the day of Pentecost or Pentecost Sunday for us will be Sunday May the 23 right in the middle of May and we'll celebrate that you'll notice the book of Acts starts uh, with the writer referring to his former book. Did you read that? Can you put up that again, verse 1? In my first book, Theopolis, 
who's writing this? Well, the person writing this book is a guy called Luke. You might have heard of Luke. And guess what he wrote? The Gospel of... Hey, you got it. So that was his first book. So this is the second book. So he's got a... What do you, I know three's called a trilogy. What's two called? A what? Yeah, two books? I don't know. <laughs> a sequel. Thank you. So he's got a two-part series, Luke and Acts, right? And in part one, in the, in the book of Luke or the Gospel of Luke, we see how Jesus preached the Gospel. He lived a certain way. He said certain things. And there's sort of commentary how Jesus came, he died, he rose again. And then part two, the book of Acts, he kept on teaching on, on the kingdom of God, as we just read. I wonder when he was teaching on the kingdom of God what he was doing. Do you think he was, I think he was recapping. Remember the Beatitudes I told you about how to live, how to worship God, how to treat others, how, how, how the kingdom of God has come? And then the Holy Spirit comes in chapter 2 of Acts and empowers them to keep the mission of Jesus going. So this week we're reading the second part. So you've got to remember, when you read the second part, you've got to keep the first part in mind, don't you? You can't just read the second without sort of having the first part in mind. And uh, I thought it would be good, before we start reading the second part tomorrow, just to grab a story from the first part to help give the second part context. And because Luke, the, the Gospel of Luke, gives us foundations concerning this Gospel we're meant to preach. Um, because there's a right way to preach the Gospel. What do you mean, a right way? Well, it happens when we have firmly implanted the sort of the culture of the Kingdom of God that Jesus was talking about, the character of the Gospel. In, 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 the, in the book of Acts, or the second, the second book of, uh, which Luke wrote, he talks about the Holy Spirit coming upon us. But we need the culture of the first book, Luke, before we receive the power of the second book. Because um, you don't want the power of God without the character, without the culture. And... You know, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel. I wonder what comes into your mind when it says preach the gospel. For some people, it means standing behind something like this or going on a mission field, and that's the last thing they want to do. Who'd love to preach the gospel up in front of a group of people like this? You know, sometimes I love it. Other times I'm not too sure. And sometimes we get this idea about what preaching the gospel is. And uh, instead of preaching the gospel behind the pulpit, I want you to think of yourself as street preachers. Street preachers? Not the sort you're thinking about. Not the sort you're thinking about with waving signs and yelling repent at people. But a different sort of street preacher. And the sort of street preacher I want you to think about is found in the book of Luke. And we're going to read an account about a street preacher in the book of Luke. And it's in Luke chapter 10. And it says this in verse 25. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him a question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? 
Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and your strength and your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Right, Jesus said, you do this and you'll live. The religious man wanted to justify his actions or his lifestyle, if you like. So he asked Jesus, Jesus, who is my neighbour? And then we get this story about a street preacher. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was travelling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. Hallelujah, God provides. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the street and passed him by. And a temple assistant, or a Levite, your Bible might say, walked over to and looked at him lying there and also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, so I think he crossed over too, but sounds like to me he was on the other side of the street. He crossed over to where the man was. The, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. He put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbour to the man attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, you're right, go and do the same. Let's just pray before we just unpack this a little bit. Lord, I thank you for your word and I pray you speak to us just the culture of the gospel, Lord. Lord, you'll speak into our hearts about what it means to preach the gospel with the way we live, Lord, and so that when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll just have a foundation which is for that to, to sit upon in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So this man, he correctly identifies two commands, to love God with all your heart and soul, love your neighbour as yourself, and that's living out the gospel. You know, we can't do one without the other. We can't just say, okay, I'm going to love God, I'm just going to come to church, you know, but I don't want to get involved in people's lives. Or you can't do the opposite, oh, I'm just going to be out there in the community and forget, forget the whole Christian thing, um, gathering together and worship. No, the two are two sides of a coin if you like love god and love people and uh, we're called to embrace embrace both and uh, so but this this man wanted to justify his lifestyle so he says you know who exactly is my neighbor so what he's asking saying is this jesus can you qualify how many people i actually have to love and what sort of people i actually have to love because I don't want to stretch myself too far. You know, I've read the book on boundaries. I know I have to take care of myself. And Jesus went on to demonstrate what it meant to love his neighbour. And we read the story of a good Samaritan. And this is a lesson about how to preach the gospel. And the good Samaritan is our model of a street preacher. 
So we've got four people in this story. We've got a Jewish man in trouble. He's hurting. He's beaten up with life. He's unable to help himself. In need of someone to demonstrate the love of God. He's in the gutter on the street. And we've got a priest, or if you like in our day, a pastor. A person who worshipped God, you know, led others to worship God, come across the hurting man and crosses to the other side of the street, out of sight, out of mind. Anyway, he had to get to church. He had responsibilities. He had his good preaching clothes on. He couldn't stop. He had a sermon. Had to do God's work. Then we have another, a temple assistant, assistant or a Levite. And he had responsibilities as well. He, didn't want, he wanted to serve God, so he didn't want to be involved. So they misinterpreted the command to love God and love one another. They totally missed what it meant to preach the gospel because to love God always means getting involved with people he loves, always. So these were the religious guys, and, but they didn't represent Jesus. I'd never want to be religious but not Christ-like. Religious but not Christ-like. They were committed to religion but not committed to being Christ-like. So to preach the gospel is more than just telling people stuff, giving messages. It's being Christ-like at the same time. And we can get caught up in a religious mindset, so concerned with our traditions, our activities, that we miss the the obvious opportunities God puts right in our path. And it's not just um, our religious activities we get caught up in. We get caught up in our work, our interests, our families, our whatever. You put it in there. And the priest and the temple worker represented people, I think, who have found the goodness of God but get caught up so much in their own agenda, the busyness of life, that they miss the opportunities that God has put right in front of them. In fact, they see them as an imposition, not an opportunity. And I'll find to be Christ-like, it does something. I mean, it makes us better people, but it messes with your agenda. It does. It messes with, with your calendar, with your schedule, even with your bank balance, according to what this guy did. So they crossed over the other side of the street, and one man did the opposite. He saw the guy. He's called the Good Samaritan. For those who don't know... The Samaritans hated the Jews and the Jews hated the Samaritans. In fact, most of them wouldn't walk through one another's towns. If if you're a Samaritan and you went into the synagogue, a Jewish synagogue, you were publicly cursed, okay? We're talking about Israel and Palestine sort of thing here. James and John, remember, they wanted to call down fire upon the Samaritans stemmed from these religious arguments years earlier and they hated one another. Okay, a modern day example. An African Muslim man is hurt on the road and a good white, redneck, supremacist, skinhead member of the Ku Klux Klan went over to help him. Okay, that's, that's how ridiculous this picture was. So that's what Jesus is saying. And they're looking at him saying, what are you talking about? That guy would never do that. It was controversial. He was making a a ridiculous point. And let's remember what the question was. Who is my neighbour? Who do I preach to? 
Who do I show, show the love of God to? And Jesus was trying to demonstrate your neighbour isn't the person who's just like you, the person in your network. It's not just the person you get along with. Actually, it's not just the person you share the same views with or the same philosophy. Your neighbour is the person that God puts across your path who needs the love of God in a practical way. Whoever they are, whatever their background, their state, their religion, their culture, their reputation, their philosophy, their social standing, their political leading, whatever. The list can go on. So the man crossed the street and what did he have? He had his donkey, he had his oil, he had his wine. Why did he cross the street so he could do some street preaching? The donkey, the oil and the, and the wine don't just represent the love of God symbolically. They're the love of God expressed. Healing and restoration, pictures of the Holy Spirit. And this man preached the gospel on his street. So, so how do we become a, a street preacher? Well, if you've got a placard, just burn that to start with. Well, this guy gives us a bit of a picture, doesn't he? He was showing interest to those on his path. He acted with compassion. He gave his time. He, he even used his car. Well, his donkey. It was a brand new donkey. New donkey smell, you know. Put the man in it. The man was covered in blood. Gave his care, gave him his resources, took him to the hospital and said, by the way, I'm going to pay for his care when I come back. Wow, what a picture, commitment. I want to give us just a few keys to being a street preacher, the sort I'm talking about. One is we need to realise that it's going to challenge our own traditions, our agenda and our religious thinking. It just does. I mean, I don't want to be like the priest and a lever, and I'm actually one of them in that story. Sometimes we put ourselves in the story and we think we're the good guy in the story. Sometimes we're not the good guy in the story. We're the other guy in the story. I don't want to be the one who crosses the, so the street to avoid. Maybe saying this, I better pray for him as I walk over. You don't need to pray because he's been praying and you're the answer to his prayer. You're not the prayer. You're the answer in that situation. Uh, I hope that I don't get too busy wrapped up in my own world that I don't practically reach out to others. And it's just not just the materially poor. Sometimes we think, you know, Jesus came, um, good news to the poor, and he did, but he preached to rich people on the street. There was a guy in a tree called Zacchaeus who was extremely rich, but he was still poor compared to what Jesus was, uh, the, the grace Jesus was talking about. And um, things like depression and hopelessness, no, no social standing, do they? Everybody has a need. We need to challenge our own traditions and religious thinking. 
Christianity, and we know this, it's a reminder, it's not just about coming to church and doing religious things. That's a very small part. It's living a life connected to a God, connected to uh, one another, being full of his spirit and touching other lives. So the, the street preaching I'm talking about means we challenge our own traditions, our own agenda. To be a street preacher requires us to realise what we carry inside of us. Because I'm convinced, you know, we've all got challenges. Anyone here haven't got any challenges? Anyone just like, just a picture of perfectness? We all have our challenges. We're all on a different space. We're all on the journey. But we all have God inside of us. We have a treasure in us and we don't realise what we have inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is resident inside us. Sometimes we think we have nothing to give. I remember, Kerry, you'll remember, Tom was about three at kindy and I I had a realisation of this in a real way. We were going to a special needs kindy and we were going there and we thought we were doing it pretty tough and we had our challenges and i remember going there once and seeing who was in tom's class and every one of them their marriage was a single parent everyone the marriage has fallen to bits because of the pressure of that situation and uh struggling with no hope basically and we realized what hope we had what help we had, what peace we had, what support we had for those who loved God. We had something within us we didn't realise the power thereof. We had oil, we had wine. We have a power, we have the peace of God, we have the Holy Spirit, we have salvation, we have all that we need to touch others. You don't have to go to Bible college to do the latest course to be a street preacher. Peter, in the third chapter of Acts, he comes to a crippled man and the crippled man said, can I have some money, please? And Peter said this, I don't have any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And just from that, you don't give what you don't have. You give what you do have. We must realise we carry something within us that has the power to help restore people. It's a message, but it's also the love of God. I love 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. It says this, We now have this shining light in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Any crackpots here? Containing this great treasure... This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. Hey, we all have our faults, we all have our quirks, we all have our issues, but we have a treasure within which people need. Let's be a church who cross the street to connect with people, not cross the street to avoid those in need. Hey, I'm convinced we don't, Sometimes go into those spaces because we don't realise what we have within us. 
And uh, I tell you what, when you sort of do something, the power of God is released. You've got to do something first, though. Street preachers uh, challenge their own traditions. They realise what they carry in within. Hey, I think street preachers understand that they're saved for a cause, not just for a destination. I remember years ago we had a visitor here called Vince Esterman. Some of you would remember him. He talked about two ships going to heaven, I think it was. One was a cruise ship and one was a rescue boat. Sometimes we think we're on a cruise ship getting as comfortable as we can as we head towards heaven. We're actually we're on a rescue boat and we're there to touch people and help people. Um, sometimes our concept of being a Christian focuses so much on our own spiritual growth, we become self-focused. Sometimes our concept of being a Christian focuses on so much about getting to heaven and thank God for eternal life. You read the way the gospel was preached in the Bible. When you read through the book of Acts, have a look at the way they preached the gospel. They actually never mention heaven. That wasn't their focus, even though it's a reality. Their focus was making Jesus Lord and Saviour of your life. It was, it was about bringing his kingdom on, which is in heaven, to earth. You know that prayer you pray? Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Wow. You are an ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Well, there's a good gospel message. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Wow, that's the gospel right there. See, ambassadors, if you're an ambassador, you understand that you actually are on a mission. And if you're an ambassador, say, in Japan, you live in the Australian embassy in Japan, that's like a little part of Australia, isn't it? It's like Australian soil. And that's what we're meant to do, to bring the kingdom of God to, to earth. And ambassadors always represent their country or their king, wherever they are. They don't actually clock off duty, I don't think. They sort of, that's, that's, that's their job. I love that we're coming up to Pentecost. Uh, it reminds us we have the Spirit of God in us and God has anointed us and, you know, we need the, the Spirit of God in all its power. But sometimes we forget why we have God's Spirit in us. Um, we don't receive God's Spirit, the power of God's Spirit, so we can become self-focused or self-serving. Sure, the Spirit of God helps us experience God, and that's great. It does that. But remember what Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Have we got that? Yeah. This is when he started his ministry. He said why the Spirit of God was upon him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. I love two pictures in there. It says the captives will be set free. You know, those bound up will be released. 
I know lots of people who are bound up by stuff. The blind will see. I know lots of people who just can't see God yet. Um, in the book of Acts, it says, the, the Spirit of God will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Sometimes, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean you go door knocking. That's not what they had in mind. Although, if you want to go and visit your neighbour, you do that. But what is a witness? In a courtroom, a witness is somebody who's seen something, who's heard something, who's experienced something. So what do I do when I witness? Well, tell people what you've seen. Tell people what you've heard. Tell people what you've experienced. But what if I don't know? Well, a witness doesn't say what they don't know. That's just making stuff up. They say what they've actually seen, they've heard, not what someone else has, not what you don't know yet. That's why you don't need to know everything. You just share what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced. And the Spirit of God is upon us so we will be his witnesses. It's a, it's a powerful thought. And, you, and it goes, it says this, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall go across the street. Well, actually, I made that last part up, but he said you'll go to Jerusalem, Judea. Okay, so I'm going to wind up with this question. Who is on your street? Who is on your road? Not who is in your road. Who is on your road? Um, and the answer is this. Those who you come across as you travel your every day, they are your divine assignments. They are not speed bumps. <laughs> they are not sent by the devil to oppose you. They are your divine assignments. God has a mission for you. And for some, it's a faraway place, you know. But for all of us, it's on our street. It's not after you grow more in God. It's found on the street you're walking down right now. I love it that these guys didn't go out their way to find this hurt man. He was just on their path. They wasn't looking for someone to minister. They just tripped over him. And there are plenty of people on the path you're travelling right now who need not just the message of, of the gospel and they need that but it comes in a package and it's uh, the love your neighbour package. Who is on your street? Who is on your street? Uh, let's understand this because the Holy Spirit was sent to anoint us to be witnesses. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. Where's Tash? Tash, Tash gone with kids can you jump on the piano thanks um i just want us to think about who is in our world at the present time you know your street means your workplace where you go shopping your neighborhood you know it's our street and uh i want you to just think about your street and just start to pray for your street Sometimes, you know, it can be in all sorts of places. It can even, these days, it's someone 
who we might even know online. But sometimes we get caught up in this spiritual world and we forget the people right in front of us. It's actually those who are right in front of us right now. And Lord, we think about those ones who have come across our path and some of them, in fact, have been quite annoying for us because, you know, it's like they take away from our normal schedule. But we, we realise today that they're, they're a gift from God and we're, we've been sent across, they've been sent across our path that we can minister to them. So at this place, we pray for them. And as we're praying, you know, people might even come to your mind, your mind's eye, and just pray for those people, whatever state they're in. Remember, this good Samaritan reached out to a guy who normally he wouldn't even speak to. Normally he would avoid. But we pray for that, those people, that person, whoever they are. Lord, and we pray, first of all, that you'll soften the soil of their hearts. Lord, and I pray that when the opportunity comes, the next time we walk across this path, Lord, that we'll realise that we have the grace of God, the love of God, the power of God, the Spirit of God within us. And we just give what we have, Lord. Now, whether that's just a practical help, whether it's a word of encouragement, whether we get an opportunity to pray, whatever that looks like, Lord, Lord, I pray that uh, we realise that we are your ambassadors. I pray that we will realise we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. So, Lord, I pray we'll see with different eyes. Lord, and so as we go on and read the book of Acts and, and see the power of the Holy Spirit come across uh, upon people, Lord, that, that, that they had this in their background, this in their culture. This is what they, they knew they were uh, going to be anointed for, to touch people, to heal people, to bring people to you. Lord, that people might know, uh, come to know Jesus as, as their saviour, as their Lord and as their king. Lord, and I, uh, Lord... Lord, I pray you will remind us of this, Lord, as we go throughout this day, uh, this week, the next couple of weeks, Lord. And we'll continue to pray for those folks, Lord God. Now those people who you've seen in your mind's eye, I, I just want you to see them in a different place. I want you to see them perhaps maybe sitting next to you right here with their hands raised worshipping God. I want you to see them, you know, just being embraced by the love of God and pouring out their hearts and, and growing in their relationship with God. And Lord, we declare that. We pray that you will build your church, Lord. And Lord, we as, we as your people, Lord, determine to, to make your cause our cause, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. I pray, yeah, I pray when you read the book of Acts, and I encourage you to read it with us, look for stuff you'd never seen before. You know what I never saw before when I read this week? That after Jesus was ridden, rose from the dead, he ate and drank with them, and he talked about the kingdom of God. I thought, what? What's he saying? Hasn't he said all that stuff? 
He's obviously, that's still on his mind. God is building his kingdom. And you are his ambassadors. God bless you, church. Have a great week. Have some uh, coffee with us. Um, don't go too far. Bless somebody. Speak some words of encouragement. And we'll, we'll see you again next week.